Welcome to the Girl Dad Show, a professional parenting podcast. Each month, I interview entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals who are balancing parenthood, life, and profession in the hopes to learn what it takes to be an amazing professional parent. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Girl Dad Show. Today, I had Kara from Principal join me today. It was a very special episode because I have worked with Kara when I was at Limelight many years ago when she was a board member and investor to our company. And although I've only known her when it was very high-tense situations, uh, she was one of the kindest people I've ever met. And it really, really resonated with me and so grateful that she took the time to talk to me about the other side of her life, which is uh, the personal side and the parenting side. And so I'm really excited for you to check out her story and um, learn from her and the decisions that she's had to make to grow both her career and her family. She's one of the kindest and most thoughtful people I've ever met, and I can't wait for you to check out the show. Kara, thank you so much for joining me on my show today. Oh, Young, it is delightful to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with you today. I, I, it's been so many years, and I feel like time is flying, and it's unbelievable how long it's been since we've connected, and I'm so grateful that we've been able to reconnect on my uh, podcast about parenting. I know. When you reached out about this this opportunity, I was it, it is absolutely a great chance to, to reconnect, and it made me think about the times that we had spent together, most often in San Francisco. Um, with your prior employer. That's right. We were talking business. It was very, very business focused and we're trying to grow really, really fast and get a lot of stuff done. And it's just really exciting to be able to unpack this with you, but let's jump right into it. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what you do for a living? Sure. So um, I am actually the senior vice president for specialty benefits at Principal Financial Group. So that's a lot of jargon and I will explain. <laughs> so what that means is I have the uh, opportunity to lead, gosh, I think it's about 1,200 people as we try and provide peace of mind to individuals by providing you know, income protection and dental insurance, vision insurance, life insurance uh, through employee benefits in the workplace. And so it's, um, I've been with principal for 25 years. I've been in this role for about five years now and absolutely love what I get to do every day. We've got an absolutely fantastic team of people that are committed to helping people save enough, have enough, and um, protect enough in their, their daily lives. And that's really rewarding. So I have to ask, 25 years is um, a long time. So Mm -hmm. what was that? I mean, what was that like? Because I mean, I think that coming from my side of the world where we, you know, in tech, we switch jobs almost like every two to four years. It's a really, really anomalous thing to to hear someone that's, you know, grown in in one company uh, for 25 years. What was that like? And what was that journey like? Yeah, so clear, it was not planned. So that was, you know, this was the company that I kind of set my sights on working for when I graduated from college for a whole variety of reasons, great reputation. Um, It was going to allow me to stay close to my family, to the gentleman I was dating at the time I graduated, all these types types of things. And so I thought, eh, spend a couple years here, figure things out and what I really want to do. Well, Four years passed, great experience, started in the retirement division of the company, but then honestly didn't know what my career path was. And so I had an opportunity. I left principal um, and I legally, I emphasize legally, sold drugs for a year. (laughs) Pharmaceutical sales. um, Learned a lot about myself, not what I was meant to 
to do from a career perspective. So when I got a call to about a different opportunity at principal, I jumped at that 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 chance to come back. And and while I haven't changed jobs every two or three years, I will share that I have changed roles probably every five to seven years during yeah. that aggregate five years. So I've had a chance to you know, have just a wide variety of experiences, everything from, you know, working in distribution for a retirement division to running a bank and a trust company and a broker dealer to now leading our group insurance and individual disability insurance businesses, as well as a shared service that that pays broker compensation. Um, so it's been kind of like changing jobs every few years, but I kind of have that safety net of having this network and, and familiarity with the same company, which I found really, really helpful. Yeah. I mean, listening to you talk about it, that actually sounds, um, really nice, um, coming from the side of not knowing what that, what that, what that looks like, or being able to experience that in hindsight, I wish, um, I could have done that. Cause it sounds like you got the benefit of both sides, the security of being at the same company, mm-hmm. understanding the culture and the pay and all those things. And like like how you get your benefits and all that stuff without having to like switch to another company, but still getting a new role and getting the diversity of new things that you get to learn. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, it's been one of the biggest blessings of my, my professional life. And then, you know, the other aspect, and sometimes it's not until I actually step outside of principal and go to industry events or, you know, meetings um, with people that are outside financial services or insurance, that it's such a stark reminder. But the other blessing that I've had at principal is the fact that I've always had women role models mm. at higher levels of the organization. And so, you know, to be in an environment where I've always had someone that kind of looks like me, you know, using air quotes here, has been also tremendous, you know, amazing mentors and sponsors yeah. along that journey. And I know that that's not something that every female leader necessarily has in their workplace. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, I mean, obviously this is just me um, gathering random data. That's just my, my personal data sets. I'd say it's actually in the minority. Uh, I'd say mm-hmm. most, most women don't say that. So that's really, really unique. Mm-hmm. And so do you think that it's a principal thing or is that something that you were able to really f- kind of create and craft your journey within principal to do those kind of uh, job switches and roles? You know, it's, it's a combination, yeah. I would say. Yeah. So in terms of the job changes, you know, I think early on, I recognized my love of learning. Um, and so, and then my leader, um, in fact, someone I worked for for almost 10 years. So speaking of, you know, phenomenal mentor and sponsor, someone that I got the privilege of meeting initially through a mentoring program that principal was sponsoring, and then ultimately went and worked for this individual as she took on a new leadership opportunity. And then we worked alongside each other for almost 10 years. She was that person that I always, I kind of visualize, I'm the little bird, she's the mama bird, mm-hmm. she's pushing me out of the net. So really encouraging me and giving me a confidence that I probably didn't have at that point in myself to try something new and to build that confidence. And that's really when I went into my first profit and loss um, leadership opportunity and running principal bank and principal trust company. But, you know, finding having the support of an incredible leader and broad leadership team. Plus, um, gaining the experience and then my personal love of learning has just made it such that combination where 
you know, it's as new opportunities have come up, I've been in a position where people have said, would you be interested in this or raise my hand for it to say, hey, I know I'm interested in this. Is this something I can pursue at some point? In time? Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, the reason why I'm asking is because like I'm thinking about like my kids, right? And like how I want to raise them. And do I want to raise them in this mindset of like, you know, being an entrepreneur as well? Or do I want to raise them in the mindset of like, you know, um, um, going the steady and, you know, steady and, you know, steady route of like rising the corporate ladder or whatever that may be, because I think there's like pros and cons to both, but it sounds like you've found a really clever way of kind of mixing both of them together for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's when you were making that comment, and that's exactly where my head was going is, you know, I think you can have one mindset or the other, but I think if people want it, there's a way to blend those yeah. two things. And it could be different periods or chapters of your life where you're all in on one or all in on the other, or like I've done, you find an amazing organization to work for that allows you to have a diverse set of experiences over time. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's actually jump into um, the the main thing about the podcast. Let me let me let me know about your kids. Uh, how many kids do you have, and 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 how old are they? Yep, absolutely happy to. So I have two daughters. My oldest is twenty, um, and is going to be a junior in college. She's going to my alma mater, so super excited about that. She's my runner and studying to be a high school math teacher. She's only about an hour away from Des Moines, Iowa, where I am, so I uh, get the chance to see her. In fact, this past Sunday, the whole family packed up, including our two fur babies, and we went down to Pella, um, which is the community where her college is, and uh, we did pancakes in the park. We took everything so we could make pancakes and, and just have fun in the park, so it's nice to be able to do that. And then my younger daughter actually just graduated from high school. She is 18. And literally less than 30 days from today when we are recording this, I will be driving away from dropping her off at college. So I told myself I'm not going to cry or get emotional on this podcast, but (laughs) it is definitely embarking on a major transition from the personal front. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I have um, a lot to learn from you because I also have two girls um, two years apart as well. So I have a three and five year old, mm-hmm. so I'm a little bit earlier in the um, the journey here. But um, yeah, I'm really excited to hear um, all your war stories and all your successes and trials and tribulations because <laughs> it's definitely um, it's definitely unique having two girls versus um, well, I don't know because I, I only have the two girls. But when I look at my friends that have boys and stuff, there's a huge difference between uh, how they operate and uh, the energy levels. And so it's been yeah. really fun to to adapt to that and learn how to be. Um, a father, right? To girls, a girl dad. That's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly it. Um, can I ask, since your kids are older, like, do, what do they think about what you do? Do they know what you do? (laughs) Yes and no. So, you know, there's, there's the, the occasion when one of them is in the car and I'm taking a phone call and, you know, and it's on, you know, Bluetooth. So they're listening, listening to this conversation and, as I hang out, sometimes I'll say, so what did you think of that? And they're like, I have absolutely no <laughs> idea what you do. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, okay. So do they have any idea what I do? No, not really. Um, they, they, what they make fun of me most about, which kills me, is just that they're like, mom, we cannot go anywhere with you without you knowing someone. Oh, wow. um, and I'm like, 
it is kind of true. I mean, it's fun because, you know, again, I've moved around this organization. I live in a suburb of the community of Des Moines yeah. where principal is the world headquarters are. And so it is true. It is very rare that we don't go to the mall or out to dinner or someplace where I don't say hi to someone by name. And the girls are always just like, seriously, mom. Um, so that's kind of fun, but no, they really don't know what I, what I do. My youngest just posted on Instagram and she called me a bad oh, nice. Um, so I hope I can the podcast. But yeah, you totally. Yeah. She's like, thanks mom for being a badass at work and be, being really kind at home. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. So they don't know what is you do, but they do know that you're like a, a badass at work. Okay. Yes. So they, yes. So they know there's like a, there's a little bit of a switch. <laughs> Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So then that kind of goes to my next question. Are you carrying some of the same tactics and principles that have made you successful at work to home? But it sounds like you don't. It sounds like you're kind of a different person or? Well, I think I do yeah. though. I mean, I don't think I'm a different person when I'm at home. You know, I think when Mallory called me a badass, I think it was, it's more in the vein of, she doesn't know what I do, but she knows that a lot of people um, work in the same business that I'm in and that I know a lot of people and that my job is pretty big yeah. and, and pretty important. Um, and so, but I don't think that it's necessarily in the vein of, you know, gosh, being different people at yeah. work and, and at home. That's a great clarification. Because honestly, I... I hope I am the same person and, and listen as well at work as I do at home and vice versa and take the same kind of approach and how I lead to how I parent. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing for me, right. Is like trying to figure out like um, where the parallels there are there from working and from um, parenting, because like I try to either do too much of the stuff I do at work with my kids and it totally backfires or I completely give up and I don't do any of it. And then I just, I just become a complete pushover. And so like, there's like this really hard thing for me to like overcome when I come, when I come like at work, I feel like I'm really structured and I have like systems and processes and there's like ways to manage, measure performance with leading and lagging indicators. And you know, everything's like nice and neat and like, I can like control it, you know? And then at home I'm like, I don't know how to answer the third why, you know? And I'm like, I don't know. Can you just do what I tell you to do? And then you get exasperated and you want to give up, you know? And uh, do, you, do, you, do you resonate with any of this or? Oh, I, I completely resonate with it. Yeah, I haven't applied the leading and lagging measures at home. I knew that would actually backfire. <laughs> what I do do is from a control perspective, I will totally admit that I am that person that, that cleans up after everybody. In fact, that was early on in the pandemic. My husband told me, well, we were riding in the car one day and he said, honey, you know, I love you, right? And I said, yeah, because I cannot wait for you to go back to the office. <laughs> you have got to go to the office because we are all tired of you cleaning up after us all the time. Oh, I love it. And that's my way to control it at home. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it's, to me, there's, um, it really is about just that, that core personality that we bring both professionally and personally. And I'm just, I'm a big believer in servant leadership. And I hope if you would talk to any of my team members that they would describe my leadership in a way that, you know, is similar to kind of the essence of servant leadership, which 
is about breaking down barriers and um, being a great listener and caring more about helping the other person than what it's going to do for, for me in the short term. And ultimately, I think that if you ask my girls, they would say those same things about my parenting, that I've tried to break down barriers for them and that I've listened to them and and try to support them in ways that allow them to become the humans that they want to be and, and the amazing individuals that they, that they are. Yeah. I mean, and I can attest to that and I can, I mean, I know you know this, but I'll give you the validation, at least from my perspective. Um, and it may actually be a really validating perspective because I've only worked with you. I've only met you actually half a dozen times and, and both, and all mm-hmm. six of those times, I would say were highly intense interactions because we're in a board meeting or doing something very, very business critical. And I will say that, um, it was almost unbelievably apparent that you took the time to stop and like, and pretend like it almost felt like I was the only thing that mattered for that five minutes that I was talking to you. And it was really, really special. And that was something that was very memorable um, that I remembered about you is that like, I know you're really, you're really busy. You're really important. I know you're really, you're, you're, you're a badass. I know it. Right. I know your title. I know who you are, but like, I'm literally talking to you about this thing and what, I don't even know what it was, but you would literally stop and stare me right in the eyes and truly listen to me. And for that five minutes, I felt like you were just focusing on me. And that was like really cool. That was really, really cool. And so for whatever that's worth, I just want to validate that I do believe that you are an incredible listener and you do, you do live, live that servant leadership life because even in that one objective, like half dozen interactions you and I have had, I've, 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 I remember it like viscerally. I'm like, wow, that was really, really cool that she did that. Wow. Um, thank you, Young. I, I very, very, very much appreciate it. And honestly, that's the type of impact that I hope I have on every individual I get the chance to interact with, whether personally or professionally. And from a parenting perspective, hope that by watching that, my girls take what works for them from that and incorporate that into how they treat and interact with other people. Yeah, that's awesome. And so a lot of like live, live what you want them to do kind of thing. How about, um, how about like, what does the youngest want to do? So I know your oldest wants to be a teacher, which is really interesting. Um, I wonder where they, where she got that from. Did she just kind of figure that out or? Yeah, she did. She has wanted to be a teacher for, gosh, her entire high school career, I think. And very specific. She was always super specific around being a math teacher. Hmm. And if you ask her why, you know, to me, it's so super admirable, um, She says that she has had so many amazing teachers during her career that have impacted her and shaped who she is, that she wants to have that type of impact on other people. And she loves math. And so what better way to do that than to go into education? And then running has just always been a key part of her identity. In fact, she still runs in college, both track and cross country, and wants to, you know, help help others um, pursue whatever sport it is that she will probably coach track or cross country, one of those. So the younger one is also an athlete, despite my efforts when they were little to have them become dancers, because that's what I was when I was little. um, That didn't work. My husband was very much, we're going to encourage them to be athletes. He didn't want to pay the money for all the dance classes. (laughs) So she actually took up softball. And in fact, she's going to Minot State University in North Dakota to play softball. 
and she is going to study physical education. She also wants to become a teacher and ultimately, you know, pursue coaching and maybe go into being an athletic director or something like that. She is absolutely in her element when she is in a team environment and helping other athletes. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. You have some, yeah. you have some solid, uh, solid kids there that know what, know who they are and know what they want. That's amazing. I feel like I turned 42 this year and I still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got you there young. I'm going to be 49 this year. And yeah, I'm like, what do I want to do when That's I grow right. up? But That's right. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> so I'm having fun and I'm, I'm loving it, but I'm not sure. None of this was on the, the plan per se. Yeah. So then I have to ask, cause you, you, um, I can't even imagine the amount of, um, sacrifices you've had to make to, to grow and, and, and rise up, you know, to the level that you're at, you know, in the short amount of time. I mean, in 25 years, that's a really rapid ascension. Like what was that? What was that like, um, being a parent as well? What kind of, what kind of like, um, did you have to make sacrifices? Do you think to do that or you did? You did. I did, but I, I also, my, my, my secret, not my not so secret secret. And this podcast would not be complete without sharing this is, is my life partner. Um, so my husband, you know, we actually, we met at principal, um, and then, you know, went on to have get married and, and have the girls. And he had always, he, it was like he had a sixth sense early in, in our relationship and as we built our family that at some point something was like going to have to give. And um, I kind of doubted that. I'm like, no, I think we can figure this out. We can both have successful careers. We can both, you know, we can raise amazing children right. and and very fruitful life. What ended up happening is we got pretty darn close one too many times of literally handing the girls off at the airport. We never actually did have to hand them off to each other at the airport, but we were to a point where I was traveling, he was traveling and coordinating those two schedules was getting really hard. Couple that with, he had some, some health issues, which was then just adding to this wake up call that we had to say something does have to give. And at that point in our lives, I love my job. He wasn't super satisfied in his job. And so we made the decision as a couple that he would stay home. And initially it was going to be for a couple of years and two years ended up turning into now 16 years. But I have to give him the credit he deserves because the girls would not be the people they are without the influence that he's had by being a stay-at-home dad. I would not have been able to go on some of those trips or take on some of those extra projects without knowing that he was going to physically, mentally, and emotionally be there in ways that I probably wouldn't be while I was doing some of those, those extras. So I would say it has been an absolute team effort and partnership along the way. So He's the one that's given up a lot um, and allowed allowed me to build this amazing career. And I hope he would, if he were here, he would reflect and say it's been super rewarding. It's also had its challenges, let's be honest, because we've taken on non-traditional roles and that's how we could go there if you want. Um, that, you know, it, it hasn't always been easy, but it's been the journey that's worked for us. Yeah, that's an amazing story. And I appreciate you taking... Um 
the liberty of sharing it because I think it actually needs to be heard more often for two specific mm-hmm. reasons. One is I think it's so it's so um, hard for uh, people to understand that like there needs to be sacrifice to do to do big things, right? It doesn't just come. And not everyone's perfect or all these other things. Like there are things that are going on in the background that are making it so that you can achieve these things. And it's like this thing that I'm learning. The older I get, I'm realizing you don't really do anything extraordinary by yourself. Anything extraordinary usually happens with the team of people supporting that as a unison, right? And so uh, I'm like starting, I mean, maybe you already realized it uh, much younger than I did, but I'm just starting to realize that like you need a big network of people that are helping you get something large done. And so uh, I think that's really cool to showcase that and, and, and just be able to share that story that you had. And then the second thing is, I think it's also really cool to talk about that as like a team, right? Like the parenting team dynamic, regardless of the gender norms or whatever that may be, like I think that so much of this is like you guys are making decisions of like um, time, you know, money, careers, mm-hmm. health. Like you're there's a, it's a very complex equation and you're working through it with the kids. And then I'm sure there, it sounds like they were like four and two when you guys made this decision. Yep. Yep. Good now. <laughs> yeah. um, and so very similar age as uh, my kids right now, but um, it's really, it's really great to hear that you guys are talking about these things and making those business critical decisions, family decisions and life decisions together and, and coming up with those solutions, um, both as a story for other people to hear that, but also for mm-hmm. me to hear that because Amy and I did the same thing. So um, Amy decided to stop working as well because we realized that like there was a, well, we were in also California, and I don't know what cost of daycare is here in, in Texas. I'm sure it's a lot it's a lot lower. But in California, the cost of the having daycare for the two kids was almost as much as her salary was. And so sure. we're just like, wait, we're gonna basically make very little to have someone else watch our kids. Wouldn't it be better just if we like added a couple notches on our belt and like tightened up our belt a little bit and then just had one of us at home, whether it was me or her? And we didn't really actually care at that point. It was more of a decision of like, doesn't it does that make sense to like try to make an extra a couple thousand dollars to like have someone else watch our kids. And um, so it was a really interesting process and, and it was really weird. Cause I don't know. I mean, you're talking about the gender norms, but even in California, we got a lot of weirdness when we told people that we were going to have one parent at home and we had the reverse kind of like not shaming, but definitely there were some weird things that happened with people saying, you know, you don't have to do that. Right. You could both work. And I'm like, it's not like that. It was a conscious decision that we made to like, you know, try to raise our kids with, you know, different values and just live in lesser means, you know? Yes, absolutely. Well, and I'd be curious, Young, I mean, as you went through that, how did you handle that? Because all of a sudden, you know, there's a professional pressure on you. I can remember feeling that when all of a sudden you are the sole breadwinner and the sole financial for your family. And then at a different point, I actually went through this jealousy phase where it was kind of like, okay, I kind of got used to the fact that, okay, you know what? I need to make sure I'm doing my absolute best. Not that I wasn't before, but you know, there's just this newfound pressure to make sure that, you know, I'm doing everything I can to provide for my family financially. Um, But then I got to a point where I'm kind of like, Oh gosh, the girls are now going to Steve when they have owies instead of me. And oh gosh, he got to take him to the zoo and I didn't get to go. And and he forgot to take pictures, so I didn't even get to see any of it. Yeah. Did you find yourself going through that? I mean, there was a bit of a almost um a grief aspect to getting used to what our new normal was then. I think for me, I'm still kind of young in that stage, right? We've only been doing it for a year and a year and a half and 
fortunately or unfortunately, it's been through the pandemic. So there's so many other things to worry about that hasn't hit me. But it really hit me hard the other week when, um, you know, a Grace's swim class came up on the calendar and it co- coincided with one of my meetings or it was like about, I can't remember what it was. It was the other week. And I had to message Amy and I said, hey, I'm not going to be able to make that thing. And, and she, her response was like, I wasn't expecting you to. And I'm like, oh, that like really hurt my heart for some reason. And there was a really big pang of jealousy, right? I'm like, oh, I want to be there. Why wouldn't I, you know, like, why wouldn't you expect me to be there? And um, obviously, mm-hmm. if Amy, if you're listening to this, don't worry. I'm not like, I'm not really upset or anything like that. But um, I do know what you mean. I can see that happening more and more and more as we get down this road, because there are things that I want to be there for my kids, you know, and I want to be a very present parent because, um, um, I don't know. It's really important to me. And, um, it's, it's actually the whole impetus of even starting this podcast. It's like trying to figure out how other people are doing it. So I could do it, do it too, or glean advice from your experiences and like, and how you navigated that. So what advice do you have if I am going to go down this road and, and how did you combat that, that feeling of uh, jealousy and, and oh, do my doing the right thing? And then obviously the risk performance thing too. I definitely want to know about that. Cause I feel that intimately, like, I have yes. to perform, like I have to produce, I have to make money because this is it, you know? Well, and I'm guessing, you know, even with the work you do in consulting, that pressure is even um, different because, you know, your your desire to grow your business and, and gain new clients and, and all that takes, not only just performing for who you're engaged with here and now, um, you know, I think for me, uh, it ultimately leaning into my faith helped um, and in the passage of time, you know, I think it, as we, as we found our way and our footing in our new normal, as I got more comfortable, because part of it too was just the fact that if I think back to 16 years ago, I knew one other working mom whose husband was sitting at home. Wow. And that was it. And so I also felt, you know, you talked about your experience in San Francisco and the feedback you were getting from other people that you were talking with, you know, somewhat similarly, when people would ask what Steve was doing, I'm like, well, he's a stay at home dad. And then I go into this long spiel on why we made this decision. It was almost like I felt constantly um, a need to defend a very personal decision around our family. And once I actually got comfortable with that and the fact that, you know what, it's no one else's business. This is our decision. Then that too helped me um, just kind of on this path forward and acknowledging that, you know what, it's okay. And we're going to find our way. And yes, there's going to be ups and downs and, and frustration or jealousy. And, and likewise, again, if Steve were on this call, you know, he's had his own set of um, experiences because again, he took kind of a non-traditional path. He's actually the one that's more formally um, educated at a higher level than I am. And so to not put that to use, you know, gosh, should I have done something differently? Yeah. You know, we've, all, we've both had different sets of emotions at different points in time, but lots of good conversation, passage of time, and then seeing just how the girls ultimately were growing and thriving and how we were able to support them as they were on their journey, I think ultimately is what got us to a good spot. It's amazing. I love that. I think that's really, really great. And then uh, you mentioned faith though. So did that community also embrace this or was this also kind of similarly, did you get the same kind of feedback from that community as well? Probably less so from, it 
not, neither one or the other. I'd say, you know, my parents were, are, have very strong faith, were very supportive. My in-laws, super supportive as well. Um, it was more of, you know, me personally leaning into my faith and prayer to say that, you know, um, have the confidence that this is the path that we were Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's a really sage advice for me specifically. And then anyone listening about, you know, about this kind of like um, problem set. But it's like, I feel exactly the same way you're mentioning when we would be in San Francisco, not so much in Texas. I feel like it's a lot more normal here in Texas. But in San Francisco, definitely felt that, you know, like where it was weird that, you know, one of us was staying home. And it's like, no, you don't, you know, you don't need to do that. You, you know, you know, and all this other stuff. It's like, no, it's not that we don't need to do it. We want to do it. You know, it's a choice. And then feeling this like need to defend myself is, is very, very uh, funny that you say that. Cause I think we did do that for a little bit. And then now we're a lot more comfortable with it. And I think mm-hmm. it's, you're right. It's just about being more confident about it. And just why do you, why doesn't even matter? Just move forward. Right. Well, and eventually, you know, you find yourself surrounding, um, choosing the people that you surround yourself with more so with those people that not that they choose the exact same, you know, approach to parenting or, you know, so one parent home, one not, um, but that they're supportive and they understand and they're going to, you know, do what yeah. they can to, uh, be valuable in your journey. That's very, very cool. And then what about the second part, the the risk thing? How, how do you handle that? Like, can you teach me a little bit? Because <laughs> I'm like, I lose sleep. I, I don't think I've had a good night's rest since we started this process. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Melatonin uh, Mel- might help. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love um, it. I advocate, though, if uh, do you have pets? I do. I do. Okay. Because I was going to say, I wouldn't advocate for pet sleeping with you. Um, we have that, that definitely disturbs the sleep. Um, you know, to me, the, the passage of, of time definitely helped with the, the risk element too. Um, and then having those, those kind of safe spaces to people to talk with and um, share how I was feeling and you know, acknowledge that those feelings were, were real and okay to have. Um, and then ultimately, you know, I got back to, okay, what's in my control? Mm. <laughs> what actually can I do? And it boiled down to continuing to do great work and find ways to add value in the work that I was doing so that, you know, again, nothing in life is guaranteed, but at least what was in my control, I was doing my best so that I was taking that risk element, if you will, out of it. And then some financial planning. Yeah, that's really, really mm-hmm. good. I got to get better at the last part. So I'll definitely um, work on that part. <laughs> I think that's the part that I'm missing, but I do like the other stuff as well, too. Um, okay, very cool. So let me um, switch gears here a little bit because I do want to make sure I'm mindful of your time. And I want to ask some um, uh, rapid fire questions that I like to ask every guest. Okay. Okay. All right. So if you have any advice that you can give for other parents or soon to be parents, what advice would you give? Enjoy every moment. Can I expand on that, or are you please, really please. Want to yeah. five? Okay. I wasn't super young when I had children. I mean, I think Kate was. Gosh, I I was twenty eight when Kate was born or thereabouts. Um, but I was still at a point in my life where I I spent more time worrying about how clean my house was 
Mm. I can remember, you know, a time where I'm like, you know, how the kids were dressed and that sort of thing. And as I think, you know, as I get near the, uh, that 50 milestone, <laughs> um, find myself reflecting more and more are just around, you know, if, if I had a do over, um, I would try and just soak up every minute more so than I even did. I don't feel like I totally dismissed that, but I lean into soaking up every minute. We hear it all the time as parents, time goes so fast. Yeah. It, I really am feeling it now that I will be an empty nester in less than yeah. 30 just how fast it will be. In fact, we're taking a family vacation in a week or two. It may be the last time that both girls are able oh. to be a class together. You know, we don't know. I hope that's not the case, but it could be the case. Yeah. And so soak up and enjoy every possible moment. Yeah, that's really great advice. Um, if you can go back and tell yourself uh, one thing before having kids, what would you tell yourself? Is it the same? Uh, it might. Um, I think I would tell myself that don't rush into having kids. And I didn't. So it's actually something that I, that I am proud of. It was advice my mom gave me. She's like, don't ru- rush into a life relationship. Don't rush into having kids. Have it gain your independence, gain your confidence before you, you know, um, bring other people into your life in that way. And it was great advice. And I would give that to, I've given that to my girls um, as well, just to say, you know, again, you're, there are no guarantees in life. And so knowing that you can take care of yourself um, is super important. And being able to prove that to yourself is a great confidence builder. That's great advice. I love it. That's awesome. Smart mom. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great advice from your mom. That's fantastic. I'm going to definitely give that one to my girls too. Um, what is the most surprising thing that you learned about yourself, um, after becoming a parent? I always thought that the baby stage would be my absolute favorite stage of, of parenting. Yeah. I grew up and I, you know, earned my money through doing a ton of babysitting and I always enjoyed the, the babies, the littler, the better. Yeah. Those families that with their two weeks old, those were the ones that I always made time to babysit for. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'd always, I kind of came into parenting thinking that, you know, I, I love every stage, but I probably love the baby stage the most young. I have to tell you, it is absolutely awesome to have adult children. Ugh. It is so much fun. Now, not every day is, you know, um, rainbows and unicorns or anything like that. But the fact that we can joke and we um, can talk about serious topics and they have opinions and perspectives and they're introducing me to things that I'm like, yeah, don't get that. Tell me more. Yeah, it's, it really is super, super special. So it just makes me that much more excited to, you know, for all of us to continue to grow. Oh, that's wonderful. I love it. I'm going to switch. It gives you hope for the future. It does. It really does. And I will say that I kind of um, getting a small taste of it now as Lily becomes um, a lot more articulate and she's starting to like talk and like have conversations with me and be able to express herself a lot more. I can see how in the future that could turn into a really fun relationship, right? Where it's not just like me giving, giving, giving and helping and, 
and like doing things, but like they're actually like reciprocating conversations and we're learning things. I could definitely see that being really entertaining and fun. Uh, it's very exciting, but I do. I also like look at them and I like, just look at Lily growing, and we like measure their heights on this wall. And I'm like, can you please stop growing? Because <laughs> I feel like they're growing too fast. Uh, and I know you just mentioned that earlier about like it goes so fast. I feel like it's going too fast, and it's only been like five years. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I, I like look at videos of when they were like one or two, and I'm like, wait, when did this happen? Oh, I know when we were planning Mallory's graduation party just a few weeks ago, you know, I'm getting out all of her scrapbooks yeah. from, you know, since the time she was born and looking at all of those pictures. And I'm like, geez, it just, I mean, it literally still feels like yesterday that I was holding her in the hospital when yeah. she was first born. And so to look at her now and think that she's, you know, opening this new chapter in her life and starting college is, yeah, it's really mind special. blowing, right? It is. I don't feel any older, so how can she be 18? <laughs> I love it. Um, what's your um, favorite uh, business book? All-time favorite business book. Yeah. I'm, can I have two? Of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I kind of use this, more, this question more for personal reasons. I just basically grab everyone's <laughs> favorite books and I just add it to my list. So, yeah, the more the better. Oh, I love it. So... Two of them, and I don't know if they technically fall in the traditional business book category, but um, The Last Lecture by Randy Pausch. Are you familiar oh, with that cool. at all? No, never heard of it. What is it? Um, you can even YouTube The Last Lecture. Um, and so Randy Pausch was a professor at Carnegie Mellon University many years ago and found out that he had um, terminal cancer. And there was this, um, there's this tra tradition at Carnegie Mellon that um, a professor is selected every year to give the last lecture um, of the um, academic year. And so that uh, a particular year, this Randy gave the last lecture and it was recorded and make sure and have Kleenex nearby. The first time I even heard about it, it was because my leader was watching it in her office and I saw her crying and oh I asked gosh. her if she was okay. So that's how I got introduced to it. So it was originally a video, wrote a book. Um, Randy has since passed away. But you talk about amazing life lessons that uh, hold true personally or professionally. Super meaningful. I try and read it at least once a year, maybe once every couple of years. Wow. Um, just to keep it, keep it fresh. Yeah, it's really, really good. Okay. Um, and then Hit Refresh by Satya Nadella, um, the CEO of Microsoft. Uh, that's another book I read on a semi-regular basis. I think his approach to senior uh, to uh, servant leadership is phenomenal. And I had a chance to actually meet someone that worked for him for a period of time. And so I asked the question, I said, is what he says in his book actually legit? Yeah. And this person said, absolutely. He is as true as true can be. And how he thinks and, and writes about leadership is what he practices every day. Wow. And it's just yeah, really meaningful. So those would be the two. That's awesome. I haven't read either one of those. So I'm super excited there to read both of those. That's fantastic. Yes, thank you. And then just to bring us home here, when you're not um, being um, the awesome professional you are at principal and the super mom that you are at home, what does Kara do for fun? What's your downtime activities? My downtime. So I'm an introvert. So it involves... You're an introvert? Oh, I'm totally an introvert. Oh, wow. I would never have guessed that. You're, I, yeah, I do surprise people when, um, when I share that. So yeah, I love to be around people. It That's just right. takes a little energy for me to do that. So yeah. when I am not 
around people, you are going to find me reading. Mm. You love to read. You're going to find me doing Pilates, walking my dogs, um, sitting with a cold beverage on the deck, just listening to birds chirp or enjoy the sunshine. Um, love to go down to a friend's lake house and hang out on the water and that sort of thing. Nice. So kind of like um, downtime, just like decompression downtime. time, enjoying the moment yes. time. Yes, oh, I absolutely. love it. Very cool. I, I, this is not part of the, my rapid fire questions. I'm just more curious. Um, yeah. Does your does your husband run? And is he an athlete? Where where are they getting the uh, where are your kids getting the athlete thing from? Yeah, no, he used to. Um, he was actually a football player and actually got a scholarship to go play football in college and in high school. He did he did all the sports. I think he even did basketball, but most did. Primarily football, some basketball, baseball, did it, did it all. And then, um, yeah, that's just, he's been his thing. And he comes from a long line of athletes. So we've got Hoganson's hold records at different colleges for softball and football and track. And yes, so they definitely get the athleticism from the Hoganson side. I have no, no athletic bones in my body at all. But they got their dance moves from you. Come on. They got their dance moves. (laughs) Dance from me. Yep. Kara, thank you so much for taking the time to be on my show today. I really appreciate it. This has been absolutely delightful, Young. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Great to reconnect. Yes, with you. definitely. We'll talk soon, okay? Sounds great. Thank you for listening to The Girl Dad Show. Please take a moment to follow us on social media. You can find us at The Girl Dad Show on all major platforms. We look forward to staying in touch and keeping you up to date with all the new guests that are coming out.